Welcome to our podcast on the Course in Miracles, Lesson 166. Today is Lesson 166, I Am Entrusted with the Gifts of God. Oh, I like this lesson. Yeah, this is one of your favorites. All things are given you. God's trust in you is limitless. He knows his Son. He gives without exception holding nothing back that can contribute to your happiness. And yet, unless your will is one with his, his gifts are not received. But what would make you think there is another will than his? So basically this is saying um, God wants to give us everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we're not aligned with his will, so we can't receive it and then we blame God for not giving it to us okay is this the lesson where they give the gifts of God listed no actually those those are listed in lesson 122 forgiveness offers everything I want in the first paragraph Mm. okay yeah and the gifts are peace happiness a quiet mind a sense of worth and beauty that transcends the world, care, safety, the warmth of sure protection always, a quietness that cannot be disturbed, a gentleness that never can be hurt, a deep abiding comfort, and a rest so perfect it can never be upset. I'm glad you got those memorized. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I read this lesson years ago. I'm entrusted with the gifts of God. And then I was asking myself, well, what are they? And then in another review I was doing, I found them in Lesson 122. Mm-hmm. So it's good. I even put them on a card with a picture of Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. if you want to write to me, I can email you that card and you can print it out and laminate it that's what I've done so here is the paradox that underlies the making of the world this world is not the will of God and so it is not real yet those who think it real must still believe there is another will and one that leads to opposite effects from those he wills impossible indeed but every mind that looks upon the world and judges it as certain, solid, trustworthy, and true believes in two creators, or in one himself alone, but never in one God. Well, basically that's saying um, the world's an illusion, right? Yeah, I think people have trouble with what that means. When you say the body is an illusion and the world is an illusion, so how do you explain that to people? Yeah, it says this world is not the will of God, and so it is not real. Right, so how do you explain the world is an illusion and the body is an illusion, Marcus? Well, when we see a movie in a movie theater it seems so real doesn't it yeah I mean we're watching people moving around interacting but it's a projection 
It's a physical projection. You could you could say, well, the image is up there, but it's an image, and and then it has this um, semblance of reality. And this is saying, this is saying, uh, the body senses sense of physical projection, and that projection, the source of that projection, is not real. But the source of the projection, I thought, was the mind, and the mind is real. Well, yeah, but it's a mind separated from its source. It's a mind separated from these gifts of God. Those gifts of God I just said. I mean, we build a lot of things out of fear, right? Let's just say we build a nuclear missile. Mm-hmm. That's mostly we build it out of fear, right? Yeah, and it's a very concrete that, but, thing. But the Course is saying everything I see right here in this apartment is a projection and not real. That's what it's saying. Everything you see in the world is an illusion. And I just still don't know how to explain that to people. Yeah. So what, what? how do you explain that to people? Well, let's read on and see if it gets answered. But I know, I know what you're talking about. We're taught that only trust your body's senses. And science is based on physical data that we collect. And then we form, you know... Uh, postulates and laws and rules about how that data behaves and we call that science you know so this is basically saying all that stuff is if it's not aligned with the will of God it's not real okay the gifts of God are not acceptable to anyone who holds such strange beliefs He must believe that to accept God's gifts, however evident they may become, however urgently he may be called to claim them as his own, is to be pressed to treachery against himself. He must deny their presence, contradict the truth, and suffer to preserve the world he made. Here is the only home he thinks he knows. He is the only safety he believes that he can here is the only safety that he believes he can find without the world he made is he an outcast homeless and afraid he does not realize that it is here he isn't afraid indeed and homeless too an outcast wandering so far from home so long away he does not realize he has forgotten where he came from where he goes, and even who he really is. So I'm I'm still saying that the Course is saying your home, your true home, is somewhere else, or another dimension, or another reality. And this is all an illusion, and you still haven't answered me about how I should explain that. Well, a couple of lessons back it said now are we one with him who is our source and even before that it says I am spirit so we're identifying with an energy or a source of energy that is non-physical would you say that? 
Yeah, so then everything that we see that's physical is an illusion, according to the Course. We made it up, so that we just have to accept that, apparently. Well, we've made it up, but, you know, it also talks about a forgiven world, Christ's vision. So, the very thing we've made up is also the very thing that will get translated into heaven. You know, somewhere in the text it says, the end of the world is not its destruction, but its translation into heaven. So this quote-unquote unreal world we live in, in, in a body, uh, it's, it's like a dance. It's like a... Um, it, it, it's like a moment in time but it's also depending on our focus if we're focused on the forgiven world it can be a part of heaven you know you know like the gifts of God let's just say let's just say you remember them and you apply that to this world then that would be the closest you can come to reality in this dimension and that would be called the forgiven world or Christ's vision so let's just see because this says we're entrusted with these gifts of God here is the only home he thinks he knows here is the only safety he believes that he can find Without the world he made, he is an outcast, homeless and afraid. He does not realize that it is here he is afraid indeed, and homeless too. An outcast wandering so far from home, so long away, he does not realize he has forgotten where he came from, where he goes, and even who he really is. So are we remembering we are one with God? Are we remembering... Uh, uh, our source are we remembering that we are spirit I mean those are non-physical states wouldn't you say yeah okay so if that's in our mind and then we find ourselves in this physical world of course is saying the physical world is what's not real yeah. and the spiritual world is what is real Right, so that implies that the ultimate goal is to be without the body. That's what I get from reading Gary Renard's books. Well, I mean, yes, but here we are, we find ourselves in this dimension, and it's our responsibility to bring the vibrations of the non-physical perfection, let's just say, love, truth, uh, all the attributes you know, gentleness, um, joy, forgiveness, all that. It's our responsibility to bring those states of mind into the physical dimension. Mm. Yet in his lonely, senseless wanderings, God's gifts go with him, all unknown to him. He cannot lose them but he will not look at what is given him. He wanders on, aware of the futility he sees about him everywhere, perceiving how his little lot but dwindles as he goes ahead to nowhere. Still he wanders on in misery and poverty, alone through, alone though God is with him, 
and a treasure his so great that everything the world contains is valueless before its magnitude. Well, do you value these gifts of God? Let's just say peace. That's the first one. Are you in peace all the time? Or do you have upsets and concerns and fears and Well, I recently guilt? saw I had some worries that I shouldn't have. Well, okay. So when you're stuck in worry, you're not in peace. Right. So therefore, you're with the... Uh, the world that is separated from its source. If its source is peace, we, we could probably all agree that, that the God of the Course in Miracles would be a God of peace, right? Yes. All right, so if we're not in peace, where are we? We're in the ego. Well, Stuck and, in the, and ego. the world, this world, mm. we're, we're thinking this physical stuff and how we've arranged all this physical stuff, which we call the world, mm we give that reality but it may not be in the vibration of these gifts of God like we just said we're not always in peace so well what what's going on when we're not we're not in touch with the gifts of God we're not one with our source so we projected that non-peace onto the stuff and then our life in the stuff becomes separated from the gifts of God. And then the world, the Course calls that an illusion. That's an illusion. You've projected non-peace onto what everything should be peace, you know. He seems a sorry figure, weary, worn, in a threadbare clothing, and with feet that bleed a little from the rocky road he walks. No one but has identified with him, for everyone who comes here has pursued the path he follows and has felt defeat and hopelessness as he is feeling them. Yet he is really tragic when you see that he is following the way he chose and need but realize who walks with him and open up his treasures to be free. This is your chosen self, the one you made as a replacement for reality. This is the self you savagely defend against all reason, every evidence and all the witnesses with proof to show this is not you. You heed them not. You go on your appointed way with eyes cast down, lest you might catch a glimpse of the truth and be released from self-deception and set free. Well, see, here's, here's another very uh, fundamental principle in The Course in Miracles. It, it says there's a self you made up, and then there's a self God created and in this self you made up in, in a kind of imagined dream of separation, uh, you know, all this negativity is there. All the sorrow, the, you know, dis 
it described it, you know, uh, kind of graphically. Sorry figure, weary, worn, threadbare clothing with feet that bleed from the rocky road he walks upon. Now, I mean, that's a pretty graphic image of what kind of like the Christ on his way to the crucifixion, you know? Um, But it's saying, well, that's the way you're walking. If you are not aware that you are one with your source, or if you're not, um, you know, uh, remembering you're one with God, then you're in this dualistic world where all hell can break loose. And this lesson is calling that an illusion. And it's also saying, this is your chosen self, the one you made as a replacement for reality. So we did that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we're having problems, they're Mm self-made. They're self-made. And we we don't want to see that. We want to remain a victim. All shit happens, and I have no control over it. Well, this is saying that world of the shit happening is something you made up, and that's an illusion. You cower fearfully lest you should feel Christ's touch upon your shoulder and perceive his gentle hand directing you to look upon your gifts. How could you then proclaim your poverty in exile? He would make you laugh at this perception of yourself. Where is self-pity then? And what becomes of all the tragedy you sought to make for him whom God intended only joy? Your ancient fear has come upon you now, and justice has caught up with you at last. Christ's hand has touched your shoulder, and you feel that you are not alone. You even think the miserable self you thought was you may not be your identity. Perhaps God's word is truer than your own. Perhaps his gifts to you are real. Perhaps he has not wholly been outwitted by your plan to keep his son in deep oblivion and go the way you chose without your capital self. Mm -hmm. Deep oblivion. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, this battle that we go through and everybody who reads the Course in Miracles is going to go through it somewhat between the self we made and the self God created. Everyone is going to go through that struggle in in this lifetime, you know. And if you're seriously trying to bring the Course in Miracles into application, you're going to be even more face-to-face with that. It's kind of a battle, you know. I mean, let's just say we all say we want to be happy. We all say we want to live in peace. We all say we want um, to see beauty and worth and all of that. Well, what about these times where we're depressed and with some kind of a big problem? You know? So part of us is manufacturing all kinds of crap 
and not taking responsibility that we're the ones manufacturing it. Mm. Yeah. So this is giving us a way out. God's will does not oppose, it merely is. It is not God you have imprisoned in your plan to lose yourself. He does not know about a plan so alien to his will. There was a need he did not understand to which he gave an answer. That is all. And you who have this answer, and answer is capitalized here, given you, have need no more of anything but this. Now do we live, for now we cannot die. The wish for death is answered, and the sight that looked upon it now has been replaced by vision, which perceives that you are not what you pretend to be. One walks with you who gently answers all your fears with this one merciful reply. It is not so. He points to all the gifts you have each time the thought of poverty oppresses you and speaks of his companionship when you perceive yourself as lonely and afraid. Yet he reminds you still of one thing more you had forgotten, for his touch on you has made you like himself. The gifts you have are not for you alone what he has come to offer you, you now must learn to give. This is the reason that his giving holds, for he has saved you from the solitude you thought to make in which to hide from God. He has remained, he has reminded you of all the gifts that God has given you. He speaks as well of what becomes your will when you accept these gifts and recognize they are your own. So the gifts of God, you know, they're our own, but it's saying you realize them when you give them away. Like if you give peace away, you get more peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you give um, gentleness away, you get more gentleness. The gifts are yours entrusted to your care to give to all who chose the lonely road you have escaped. They do not understand, they but pursue their wishes. It is you who teach them now. Okay, so people don't understand that if they're going along the path that's leading them to suffering, they don't understand that they're the ones choosing that that would be victim consciousness right right mm -hmm. okay so one of our jobs is to free people from victim consciousness and show them that all their suffering is self-imposed now a lot of people don't want to hear that especially people that have you know uh, serious illnesses they don't want to they don't want to be told they were the creators of those illnesses. Yeah. And they'll get even mad at you when you try to even suggest that to them. And uh, this is often the case when we have some kind of a tragedy in our world and we don't want to admit we're the one that attracted it. 
but that's the job of the teacher of God is to uh, wake people up because that's the only way they're going to get out of their suffering it's the only way we got out of our suffering was to take responsibility that we were the ones making it up and that's the only way out and that's where forgiveness really has to happen you know I let forgiveness rest upon all things for thus forgiveness will be given me well yeah but what's the forgiveness really resting on it's resting on you who made up the hell in the first place the gifts are yours entrusted to your care to give to all who chose the lonely road you have escaped they do not understand they but pursue their wishes it is you who teach them now for you have learned of Christ there is another way for them to walk teach them by showing them the happiness that comes to those who feel the touch of Christ and recognize God's gifts let sorrow not tempt you to be unfaithful to your trust well you know we watched this minister Joel Osteen Uh, a lot of people have a lot of judgments about him but there's one thing that you can't deny I mean if you give one of his sermons that are only about 30 minutes less than 30 minutes if you give it full attention you feel the joy of God at the end of his delivery don't you yeah they're, they're his, uh, his essence is beautiful I, I mean yeah you, you feel this upliftment now people could say well yeah but that's just uh, uh, kind of a good feeling um, so what you know uh, he's 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 a prosperity minister he's all into money you know etc etc but if you really listen to his sermon and you get the logic of the pure logic of what he's saying and the examples that he gives and you know he really does corner your ego Mm -hmm. he's really good at that and um, if you can just listen a little bit by the time you're done it's like you've dropped so much baggage from from his sermon that you're not the same person so he's really masterful yes he presents it in a biblical context you know he makes a lot of references to the old testament but his metaphysics is impeccable Mm. it's impeccable and how you feel at the end and it's the same with the Course in Miracles. If you really receive what it's saying, there's no way you can't feel better. Like, you're going to want, if you really have read this lesson, I'm entrusted with the gifts of God, you're going to want to know what those lessons are. Those and you're going to want to master yeah, them. What the gifts are. Yeah, yeah, the gifts of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm entrusted with the gifts of God. Said lessons you meant. Yeah, it's in lesson one twenty two, paragraph one. So just go read it and write them down. Your sighs will now betray the hopes of those who look to you for their release. 
your tears are theirs. If you are sick, you but withhold their healing. What you fear but teaches them their fears are justified. Your hand becomes the giver of Christ's touch. Your change of mind becomes the proof that who accept God's gifts can never suffer anything. You are entrusted with the world's release from pain. So are you going to sigh about your own problems or are you going to rejoice in these gifts because that's what the world needs? It's, it's like your happiness does more to solve problems than anything, really. And I, I know it's hard because we're going to have people in our life who are going through some terrible stuff. You know, illness, death, you name it. But it's our job in the presence of those people to lift them up and lift ourselves up. And this is saying, well, Christ is there to help lift you up with these gifts of God. And are you going to receive them? You're entrusted with them. Are you going to receive them? And then you'll know you'll receive them when you give them. This is like the theme lately. You, you know you have something when you give it away. Betray it not. Now it's talking about the gifts. Betray it not. It's talking about the gifts. It's talking about Christ's touch. Becoming the living proof of what Christ's touch can offer everyone. God has entrusted all his gifts to you. Be witness in your happiness to how transformed the mind becomes which chooses to accept his gifts and feel the touch of Christ. Such is your mission now. For God entrusts the gifts of his gifts, the giving of his gifts to all who have received them. He has shared his joy with you, and now you go to share it with the world. Well, you know, the gifts. I think somewhere I have, I have that. Uh, maybe not in this book, but I have those written down on a yeah. card. Yeah, where is that? Yeah, have to find it. Peace, happiness, a quiet mind, a sense of worth and beauty that transcends the world, care, safety, the warmth of sure protection always, a quietness that cannot be disturbed, a gentleness that never can be heard, a deep abiding comfort, and a rest so perfect it can never be upset. I think I might have left one out. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. But there's 12 of them. And, uh, well, okay, guys. So. Thank you. It, just keep it simple. Just try to devote your day to one gift, like peace. Try to go the whole day without having one attack thought toward yourself or somebody else. No and upsets. See how you do. No upsets. No upsets. Try to go a whole day feeling happy. <laughs> you know, I, I know we kind of poo-poo these as like, oh, well, that's too simple. Well, it is simple. 
but we have to claim those gifts it's saying and we have to give them away and in the giving of them away we know that we have them okay thank you thank you Sandra Ray 